What's up, y'all? What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Welcome back to another edition of Count It with Kazim Famiwide. I'm your host, Kazim Famiwide. Welcome to my NBA show right here on Points Bet. And what a time to start an NBA show. We are in the midst of one of the greatest NBA regular seasons I've ever seen in my life. Every night, somebody's either getting 40, 50, or 60. We're getting buzzer beaters. We're getting upsets. We're getting everything you want as far as entertainment in the hoops world. And you know what? We're going to make sure you win some money, too. But let's get right to it. We got a lot to get into today. Joining me on today's show, we got our good friend, the prop queen, the newest member of the Points Bet family, Ariel Epstein, joining us as well as senior NBA reporter and Brooklyn Nets beat writer, my good friend Christian Winfield. We're going to be talking about the hottest team in the NBA in the Brooklyn Nets. But before we get into all that, let's take a little trip around the league and talk about everything that went down last night, starting with where else? You thought you were talking Warriors? You thought we were talking Lakers? You thought we were talking... No, we're talking about my New York Knicks. Let's get to it, y'all. <laughs> New York Knicks basketball was in the building last night. Shout out to everybody who watched me on the BetCast and MSG Networks taking on the San Antonio Spurs and the return of one Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson dropping a career high for the regular season because he dropped 40-plus in the playoffs. Regular season career high of 38 points against the San Antonio Spurs. Getting a little get-back for the San Antonio Spurs and that victory that they got over the Knicks just last week. Uh, again, Jalen Brunson did not play in that game, and uh, I was calling a lot of bets for that one as well. This seemed like an easy victory for the Knicks, but it went down to the wire, and the difference in that game was the point guard that the Knicks so coveted for such a long time that they signed in the offseason. Let's take a quick look at Jalen Brunson's numbers this season so far, averaging over 20 points per game, 20.8 Three rebounds, six and a half assists. I have watched so much Knicks basketball in my lifetime. I've watched so much inept Knicks basketball in my lifetime. This is the first time in my entire adult life that I do not have any heart palpitations at the end of the game when it comes to who controls the ball because Jalen Brunson has been such a steadying force and a calming force for a team and a franchise that has needed it for several decades. I went on Twitter several nights ago and said Jalen Brunson is the best Knicks point guard that they've had in over two decades, and that couldn't have been further from a lie because he's been balling out for the New York Knicks. He's been trying to get an all-star vote. I know the all-star return just came out earlier today. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But Jalen Brunson has been balling for the New York Knicks. And last night, every single big shot, every single big decision came with Brunson and the ball in his hands. And for people who thought he might have been under overpaid, for people who didn't think he'd be able to lead a franchise, to people who think that he thought that he needed Luka Doncic to be effective. He is really reminding people or showing people that he is an effective star lead guard 
in this NBA. Greg Popovich himself said in the post-game press conference saying you have to watch out for him because even though the Spurs did beat the Knicks last time out, Jalen Brunson is, quote, a monster. So fundamentally sound, IQ off the charts, make sure he doesn't take bad shots or make bad plays. He's the exact steadying force that this motley crew of New York Knicks has needed for the past two seasons. And they're playing good basketball right now. So Knicks fans, listen to me. Give me a one shot right here. Look at me real close. I know you've all been waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to this basketball team. I'm here to assure you. I know there was a four-game losing streak after that incredible eight-game win streak. I understand that. I'm here to assure you your New York Knicks are a good basketball team. Are they a great basketball team? I don't know. Are they a bad basketball team? Absolutely not. But I'm here to tell you, you can relax. They are a solid to good basketball team. And with Jalen Brunson at the helm, doing what he's been doing this entire season, you can bet that the Knicks will be in the mix for either the playoffs or maybe the top end of that play-in led by that incredible point guard. Uh, let's keep it going, man. He's, he's, so, he's so poised. He's been incredible. But one of the other big stories happens to the team across the bridge for the New York Knicks, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. They headed into Chicago last night, and they put their 11-game win streak on the line, and it came to an end courtesy of the Chicago Bulls. But what we're talking about right here is the historically – accurate pace that Kevin Durant has been on. Last night, what did he do? 44 points, four rebounds, five assists, shooting 15 for 22 from the field, 68%. This league has been absolutely bonkers this year. We have eight legitimate MVP candidates led by the reigning Defending MVP Nikola Jokic. According to points bet, Kevin Durant, as great as he's playing, has the fifth best odds to win MVP. He is followed by Jason Tatum with plus 400, Nikola Jokic with plus 350, Giannis at plus 350, Luka Doncic at plus 275. Kevin Durant right now, his odds to win MVP are at a plus 700. I'm going to tell you why I like those numbers. The Brooklyn Nets, and especially the MVP award, is either a production award or a narrative award. Now, if you could really craft together a perfect narrative for why the Brooklyn Nets are going to need an MVP type of player in Kevin Durant, you can. But what you also could do is look at what the team has been through this season, right? Production-wise, if Kevin Durant continues on his pace, let's look at his numbers. He's shooting 56% from the field, averaging 29.9 points per game. Let's just go ahead and assume and give him that extra tenth of a point. Let's just say Kevin Durant continues and averages 30 points per game off of 56% shooting. He would be only the fifth player in NBA history to average 30 points, shooting over 55%. He would join Adrian Dantley, Carl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be the one to average those type of numbers. So what do you got to do? What does Kevin Durant have to do to win MVP? 
Going to need a good story here. But let's talk about the game. The Chicago Bulls ended that win streak of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and the Chicago Bulls have been one of the most confusing teams in the NBA this year. They don't necessarily show up against average teams, especially bad teams. But the top three teams in the East, if we're talking Bucks, if we're talking Celtics, if we're talking Nets, the Chicago Bulls have victories over all three of those teams, despite what their record looks like. The record is absolutely not anything to smile at. But the Chicago Bulls have a knack for playing big against big teams. Kevin Durant said in the post-game press conference yesterday that the Chicago Bulls have a lot of talent. They're a high-talent-level team between Patrick Williams, Io, um, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vukovic. Uh, that team shouldn't have the record that they have. But nonetheless, they came away with the victory last night against the Brooklyn Nets. So now it's time for them to start another 11-game win streak. Is that what gets Kevin Durant in the legitimate MVP conversation? I mean, I said there's eight different players that can absolutely vie for this. We're talking Jokic, Tatum, uh, Luka, Giannis, Ja, KD, maybe a healthy Zion. I mean, that's seven right there. Another win streak like that, we might have to start talking about Kevin Durant getting his second MVP award. And we're going to talk more about the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant when my boy Christian Winfield joins us later today. But speaking of the MVP race, another person that is highly involved in that is one Giannis Antetokounmpo. And last night, they came away with the victory. But it didn't come without a little bit of sweat. Something that we've never seen in the league, or it seems like we're seeing more and more often. No lead is safe anywhere. Doesn't matter if you're up 20. Doesn't matter if you're up 10. Doesn't matter if you're up whatever. I've seen so many teams blow leads with so little time on the clock. So many times this year. And the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks joined that group today. As the Milwaukee Bucks blew a 21-point lead. A monumental collapse against the Toronto Raptors. They did hold on, though, in overtime and win 104 to 101 after Giannis dropped a career-high 55 points the night before. How did Giannis follow that up? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, 30-20 and 10. Uh, no biggie. Just another triple-double, 30-20 and 10. It seems like every single night the best players in the NBA are doing things that we only see in NBA 2K or my player with the difficulty down to pro or maybe even rookie. I mean, the, the Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has an MVP to his name already and probably is going to be in the discussion for MVP again this year, he was the difference against the Toronto Raptors. Absolutely. I mean, they definitely could have blown that game. They probably should have blown that game the way they were playing towards the end of that. Let's look at that run that the Toronto Raptors went on to end the game. They were down 21 points with three minutes and 10 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. And then down 11 points with 43 seconds left. They ultimately went on an 18-7 run and then an improbable, 
11-0 stretch to tie the game up with less than a second remaining. My goodness, it feels like every night. If we're not getting the historic performance, we're getting a crazy finish. If we're not getting a crazy finish, we're getting blown leads. It just seems like every single night, the best show in town, the best form of entertainment, no matter where you go, has to be in the association. It doesn't matter who you are. Anybody can be anybody at any time. There are no dominant teams. There are dominant records. But any given night, it wouldn't surprise you if an Oklahoma City Thunder team without Shea Gilgis-Alexander blows out the Boston Celtics, the number one team in the Eastern Conference. It wouldn't shock you if the Detroit Pistons, who are knee-deep in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, Upset the Golden State Warriors on a walk-off buzzer beater by Sadiq Bey. Every single night, something crazy is happening in the league. And in addition to all that craziness, there's those young, hungry stars that are emerging every single night. And speaking of young, hungry stars, I want to talk about one Anthony Edwards, my current favorite young player in the league. The most funniest. I mean, he's hilarious on social media. He's a hell of an actor if you watched him in that new film with Adam Sandler on Netflix. I mean, Anthony Edwards has been absolutely balling without Carl Anthony Towns. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards' last 10 games. Last night, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists with a 133-106 victory against a very game Portland Trail Blazers team. Uh, Ant Edwards, man, he's uh, – I with those numbers that he's putting up, I really got to question the decision-making of the Minnesota Timberwolves front office. You went out and you, go, and you got Rudy Gobert, and then you let Patrick Beverly go. And you have a dynamo, all-star level guard in Anthony Edwards with two paint-clogging bigs. Even though Carl Anthony Towns doesn't really like to get busy in the paint like that. You got two seven-footers in there that's making it difficult for Anthony Edwards to do things like he does right here. And trust me, this isn't an aberration. Anthony Edwards passed 10 games, 32 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Against the Portland Trail Blazers. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists against the Denver Nuggets. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists against the Detroit Pistons. 30 points, 10 rebounds against the Milwaukee Bucks. 27 and 6 against New Orleans. 29 and 6 against Miami. 36 and 4 against Boston. 23, 4 and 5 against Dallas. 27, 13 and 9 against Dallas. And 37, 7 and 11 against the Chicago Bulls. You want to know what all those games have in common? There was no Carl Anthony Towns in any of these games. Anthony Edwards has been absolutely on fire. No cat, no problem, which means that's good for you if you're on the points bet app because Anthony Edwards has been making a killing on overs on points. He's been making a killing on those rebound statistics. I've been loving getting in on some Anthony Edwards rebound props because he's a big guy. He's built. He eats a lot of Popeyes, like like Carl Anthony Towns said. But he does what he does, and he's been performing at an extremely high level this entire season. So what do you think? How does this continue? Do you trade Carl Anthony Towns and get him some complimentary pieces around him? Makes it a little tricky. 
That Rudy Gobert signing uh, trade that they made for Minnesota, giving away all those first-round picks. What flew under the radar is that Carl Anthony Towns also signed a super max deal in that same offseason, meaning that Carl Anthony Towns cannot be traded to a team with two other designated veteran players. What does that mean? That limits all of his trade suitors. Guys who are assigned to a Supermax deal, we already know that the money is a lot. We already know that the players are a lot. But just through the rules, Carl Anthony Towns isn't even eligible to be traded until July 2023. And that's a crazy thing that we're even talking about, Carl Anthony Towns being possibly traded, because when people sign Supermax deals, you aren't necessarily trying to get rid of those guys. But if you listen to what Austin Rivers said last night after the game, he already knows what time it is when it comes to that player. Austin Rivers said, quote, he's six years away from his prime, and he's already this good. Franchise player, he's the guy here. No doubt about it. You don't see the writing on the wall in Minnesota, and if you're not building around Anthony Edwards and the type of run he's been on and the type of player he has the potential to be, Trust me, I think Anthony Edwards would love to test the free agent market if they don't get things right for him or just demand a trade. I don't know how much you love it in Minnesota, but Anthony Edwards is a primetime player, and he's a guy who loves the spotlight. I don't know how much he could hold out over in the Twin Cities, but you got to get that guy some help. You got to. You have to. You have a number one overall pick who's playing like a number one overall pick in a modern system that really benefits where the league is going. Can't tell you the last time I seen a team with two seven-footers really dominate. I mean, you could talk about that Lakers bubble team with Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, all those guys, but it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. But we'll see where these Minnesota Timberwolves go, man. It's been a crazy night in the league, whether it's been buzzer beaters, whether it's been historical stat lines, whether it's been epic collapses, whether it's been clutch shots. It's been so much to talk about. And we're going to talk about all that and more right after this quick break. We got some great guests joining us. The prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, will be joining me as well as Christian Winfield from the Daily News beat reporter for the Brooklyn Nets. Stick around, people. More Count It right after this break. Welcome back to Count It. Joining me today is the newest acquisition of the Points Bets family. You can catch her on NBA TV. You can catch her on the MLB Network. She is the prop queen herself. Ariel Epstein, how are Epstein? Oh my gosh, Epstein, 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 <laughs> get that right, get that right. Ariel Epstein joining us on Canada. How you doing? I'm great. It's, it's so crazy. It's such a small world. We met last year and here we are doing a show together. We were on a panel last year. I think it was the Barrett Sports Media yep. panel. And we were just talking. I, I, I even forgot like the topic or whatever. I think we were just talking about. Uh, Probably just like media and sports media, betting. Media, sports and betting <laughs> and all that type of stuff. And look at us now, baby. We are here. Ariel, 
you will be joining us very soon. I think the announcement comes tomorrow officially. Yep. But you are officially gang. Welcome to the Points Bet family. Thank Talk you. to the people. Tell them what you're going to be doing here. I'm so excited. I'm going to be on your show, and we're going to be giving out every day some winners, hopefully, in the props market in the NBA, and also going to be on Ryan Leaf's show as well. So it's going to be football, basketball, a bunch of baseball as the baseball season approaches. Props is my thing, though, and the NBA props market, Kaz, is one of my favorites. It's so fun, and I've been watching you for years, watching you just kill it with these props, these random, obscure, you know what I mean? You do <laughs> so much research. You will find the most obscure player, the obscure stat, and you will make sure people cash out. What's so fun about finding these prop bets for you? It's those little names that you don't recognize. And the thing with betting, it helps you to find these players before everybody else. Mm. I hate to break it to most of the NBA world, but I'm pretty sure that I found Darius Garland and Tyrese Halliburton before all of you because none of them were favored to win comeback player of the year or rookie of the year. They weren't until the second half of the season when the market already caught up. But those players last year for me, there are so many players like them that because of props, you learn that the matchups and that they're good and that they help their team before everybody else does. Now, it's funny because this is kind of how, like, these players become household names, right? Yeah. Like, Tyrese Halliburton kind of flew under the radar for a while. Darius Garland sort of flew under the radar mm -hmm. for a while. But people like you, people who have been killing with those assist props that he had for a number of seasons, they've known all about him for a long time. <laughs> so when the world catches up and then, like, those lines start to move from game to game and season mm -hmm. to season, is that more more annoying or do you just yes. have more fun to kind of like find somebody else it reminds me of back in the day where people would make a myspace page for their like favorite <laughs> band right MySpace. we you are would... aging the hell out of our crew our, our, our audience right now okay you make a myspace page for your favorite band uh Finally, everyone catches up with you and Justin Bieber or like the Jonas <laughs> Brothers, like people caught on. But I had friends who were like, I knew them before their album came out. That's how I feel. And no, then the value is gone by the time that everyone else catches on. And I say, everyone, please stop betting them. Stay away. Don't touch them. They're my landmine. Don't touch. <laughs> My God. I, listen, I was one of the first people on Drake, by the way. Like, I brought him to See? my school. I, I, you I had feel the ownership. <laughs> I, I felt so much ownership to him. And then years later, when he just becomes the biggest thing, it's just like, I could, I can't enjoy you like I used to back in the exactly. day, right? You feel like you were part of their rise. I feel that way with Tyrese Halliburton now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't tell that to my boy Wally Zerbiak, man. He is not having it when it comes to Tyrese. I'm just playing Wally here, my guy. Um, but let's get into tonight, man. Lots of great mm -hmm. games, lots of great matchups. Uh, headlined by the Celtics taking on the Mavericks, the Boston Celtics. Famously... Got it handed to them by the Oklahoma City Thunder last time out without Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're going up against a red hot Mavericks team. Luka has been on fire. The MVP race has been on fire. Those are two top mm -hmm. candidates right there. Talk to me about this matchup. This line's already moving in favor of the Celtics, which shocked me at first because when you see the Mavericks are home, you think, oh, Dallas getting points at home? Sure. Dallas on the road, automatic fade. However, with the line moving in favor of the Celtics, there are certain trends that back this Celtics team tonight, and it's all in my computer system, and I don't have them prepped because I'm doing this for props, so I'm not going to give out a side in this game. However, from a props perspective... you got to follow. That's what you get it for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from a props perspective, it's a really good spot if the center for the Celtics, Robert Williams, does play. 
where you have to go look to the center on the other side. And the only real center on this Mavericks team is Christian Wood. Mm. When he goes up against teams like this Boston team that's bottom 10 in rebounds allowed, he ends up getting eight, nine, ten rebounds. And right now his prop is sitting at eight and a half or seven and a half. So I would bet that over. And you see that Luka Doncic, when he's up against teams that are bad rebounding teams, because of those second chance points, he's going to score more and he's going to dish the ball out more than he is going to rebound. And that's why Christian Wood is going to have more success as long as the big man for the Celtics, Robert Williams, does end up playing in this spot. Now, the, the Dallas Mavericks, I think, are 29th in defensive rebounds and defensive rebound rating. So they shoot a lot. They also shoot a lot of threes. So Mm -hmm. a lot of long rebounds, a lot of people getting out on fast breaks. Is there any sort of props that you might sort of see with maybe some Tatum rebounds, maybe some guard rebounds, some some maybe point guards that want to get a, a small maybe three or four rebound game for them to kind of look out for tonight? Well, that's the thing. So if you look at these names that aren't the big names, right, that's where you're going to get a lot of money. And the problem is right now, for example, on the Celtics side, until we know the status of Robert Williams, we're not going to know much about the props that we can get and take advantage of for Boston because there's so many things that change. When I handicap these games, I think, okay, how is it going to be with Robert Williams and without Robert Williams? And when those numbers come out, I have to be ready to adjust. Mm. So Jason Tatum, for example, is a hard one to distinguish right now because if you're going to get Robert Williams playing underneath, then you're probably going to be able to defer some of those rebounds to him. Right. I, and that's why it makes it hard to bet something on the Celtics side, whereas on the other side for Dallas, you know who's going to be on the floor. You're able to say, okay, with Robert Williams, and that's why I say with Robert Williams, <laughs> I would say go with the big man on the other side to go head to head with him and let the guards do the shooting on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the court. So, do you have a top prop bet for tonight that doesn't involve Robert Williams, or is he the guy to look out for tonight? Not on a props perspective. I think it just impacts the defense okay. for Boston. Um, and then from a Celtics side for a prop, I don't have anything because again, I don't like to bet. Big names. Mm. I really rather stay away from the big names, and I, I try to stay away from fading them. Luka Doncic is the one that, like, from a rebounds perspective, like, all right, maybe you can fade him on a rebounding on the boards, but I don't want to fade Jason Tate up in any way. But I also don't like betting his overs because – Who's the sports book going to look out for? <laughs> Their points bet is looking at Jason Tatum's yes. numbers because when yes. the average public is watching the game, they're worried about what Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic are going to do tonight. And I don't want to look where the public's looking. I'm looking at names that you're going to say, oh, I never really heard of him there before. You go. That's why she's the prop queen. Let's talk about another game on the slate tonight. The Los Angeles Clippers head to the Mile High City, mm-hmm. taking on the Denver Nuggets. We're talking about MVP candidates. The two-time reigning defending most viable player, Nikola Jokic, taking on the Clippers. Kawhi's playing tonight. Paul George is playing tonight. It's going to be a marquee matchup between those two teams. What does it look like for you? Now I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I really don't like to bet big names. However, (laughs) there is one market where betting big names counts, and that's for overs in the three-point market. Mm. The only place that Denver is bottom 10 in regards to their defense is defending against the three. They're not good at it. They are one of the worst three-point defenses in the league. Who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league? His name's Paul George, Mm -hmm. and he has been crushing it when it comes to shooting from outside. So I would go look at his over on three points made. Um, If you can get it at even three and a half is probably where it's going to come out. 
I would go bet that over and say that he does have a good shot uh, shooting from outside for at least four times. Nice, nice, nice. Now, how about for a, a same-game parlay for tonight? Do you have a top sort of same-game parlay that you're looking at for this lineup? So my same-game parlay is actually coming out of a very obscure game. Go figure. It's the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. Oh, God. Now, the Utah I mean, Utah Jazz have been surprising us here. They might not be as obscure. Uh, you have to lay six on. and a half. And I want to get these numbers right. And I hate reading off my phone. I know people tell me that I shouldn't it's care all good. so it's much. It's my show. Hey, if we want to read off phones, we're going to read off phones. All right. I want to <laughs> get this right because my friend Hakeem has this system that he runs. And he is awesome. And he calls it. He just told me what he calls it, too. Um, and, of course, now I'm blanking on it. But anyway, um, this system is pretty much saying that. When you have a road favorite off four straight losses. A road favorite off of four straight losses. Okay. Since 1995, they cover the spread at 60%. Wow. 60%. Wow. That's really good. And there's more to it because if the above opponent is on a back-to-back, -back, the road favorites, 67.5% since 1995. Holy hell. Okay. So it's basically saying in human English terms <laughs> that... I was about to say, say it for the people who have no idea what they're talking about. In oh. English terms, it's basically <laughs> saying that if the sportsbook is going to book a team like Utah as a favorite, despite losses, despite back-to-backs, the public would think this is a really bad spot because they've been losing. Same mm -hmm. way for the Nets last night. All the Nets have been winning. 12-game win streak. Well, it was actually a pretty bad matchup for them based on the numbers last night and the trends. So... Those trends really do help, and tonight is a good night for Utah. So I would lay the points with Utah at 6.5 in a same-game parlay. But then I'm also going to add in a double-double mm. for Shingun for Houston. Okay. Now, I you're getting like this that. at 6-1 to one for just a two-leg same-game parlay, which is really good a really good payout because Shingun is at 2-1 to one to have a double-double. The thing with Shingun is that when he's gone up against a defense that's bottom 10 in points allowed in the paint, he has – Crushed. He has had five of those eight games this year where he's had a double-double. Mm. And the Utah Jazz allow the most points in the paint to their opponents. So you look to the center, which is Shingun. Even though he's not your leading scorer, he's the third leading scorer on the team, averaging about 14 points a game, he's pretty much got a double-double in majority of the games that he's played a defense bottom 10 in points allowed in the paint. So that 2-1 to payout which is no correlation to the Utah Jazz covering <laughs> a 6.5-point spread. Yeah. Helps you to get those odds to six to one. Nice, nice. That's going to be an intriguing matchup tonight. The Jazz taking on the Houston Rockets. A young team, but can be an exciting team uh, between Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon could get it going. See, sometimes. everyone's going to look to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, mm -hmm. there it is. Don't, Don't look do to that. Those guys. Don't just listen, listen to the lady. She knows <laughs> what she's doing. All right, my goodness. So let's let's take a let's take a look at the entire slate for tonight. Do you have a top? Uh, prop bet for the entire league uh, tonight. What's your What's your go to? I'm definitely gonna bet the over on rebounds for Shingun tonight because okay. he is crushing it on the boards when he's up against these defenses that are terrible in the paint. The other prop I haven't mentioned yet is I really like for the Grizzlies point guard John Morant to go over his assist prop of eight and a half assists. Mm. This is right on target. He averages exactly eight point seven assists. Uh, per game when he's up against defenses, bottom 10 in assists allowed, which is exactly what he's getting tonight. He also is going to be able to – he's going to take advantage of dishing the ball out tonight. And I, I just really – when you look at the teams that are um, in the same position, John Morant in tonight, like Trey Young, for example, double-digit assists. Yeah. Like, 
in this spot. So I would say bet that over for Grizzlies point guard John Morant tonight. Looking forward to that matchup tonight. The Magic have been a sneaky fun team as well. So yeah, though- but their bottom ten and assists allowed. They let point guards dish the ball out. And uh, Westbrook, I think, also he had 13 assists against them. So top point guards like them. If you're going to see Trey Young and Russell Westbrook with double-digit assists, John Morant's right up there with oh, those yeah. two. Oh, yeah. John Morant's always fun to watch, even more fun to put some sweat on, man. Ariel Epstein, thank you so much. She's going to be doing props with us all the time right here. We're going to cash the second half. That's right. Ariel, thank you so much for kicking it with us. And stay tuned, people. We're going to tease tonight's entire slate of games with more Count It right after the break. Welcome back to Count It. Today, I am joined by Brooklyn Nets beat writer and senior NBA reporter for the Daily News, my good friend, my longtime compadre, the one and only Christian Winfield. How you doing, partner? I'm good, man. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Happy Glad we New made it Year. through, brother, man. Do you, like, do you like the digs, bro? Are you good? The digs, I told you, man. Only thing that's missing is some Jets gear, but, you know. <laughs> hey, listen, it's still it's still, it's still, still tender with me and my Jets right now. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I didn't know. You were Jets fan, I'm too? a big Jets fan, oh, bro. So, oh, so you understand. You, you know the good. pain. Exactly. Oh, I lost my pick in my head. This is crazy. I didn't even realize I stopped my pick. But you know what? I'm going to keep it in here because we're keeping it very New York right now. You feel me? Uh, You are a longtime writer and reporter, but recently you've obviously caught on as one of the most trusted voices within the Brooklyn Nets. Sure. Obviously one of the most talked about teams in the NBA. They have had a crazy up and down season to say the least. But one thing that has been absolutely consistent has been the play of one Kevin Durant. He's been oh, absolutely man. on fire this year, shooting over 56% from the field, 29.9 points per game. Arguably might be having his best season as a professional basketball player. What have you noticed from Kevin Durant this year that has been such a steadying force in what has been a lot of chaos with the Brooklyn Nets? I think what I notice with him is the same thing you notice every year. When things start going left, Kevin Durant goes right, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even last night with the game against the Bulls, the Bulls get off to a 7-2 and two start. Royce O'Neal misses his first three threes. KD just comes up court, hits back-to-back threes, and everything is okay again, right? Yeah, and and yeah. that's kind of the theme of the Nets. Whenever anything happens, Kevin Durant is there to save the day. Even this offseason, right? I don't think that if he wouldn't have requested a trade, I don't think everyone would have had the same level of urgency to enter this season with the level of focus that they did. I don't think it's any surprise that this team is rolling. When a guy like Kevin Durant calls out the team for not holding players accountable when he holds himself to that high standard, everybody has to respond. So it's a mixture. It's not just the points. It's not just the efficiency. Everybody talks about the efficiency. It's just the presence, man. The dude is a leader, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Yeah, it feels like that trade request was ages ago now, right? Like, you know, doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime soon because the Brooklyn Nets have been absolutely smoking last night, especially, granted, they did lose uh, their 12-game win streak, came to an end against the Chicago Bulls. But regardless, they've really pulled it together in, uh, you know, what seemed like could have been a disastrous beginning to the season given everything that was going on around the team. Kevin Durant's steadying presence. Um, I know he says that he leads in a different way, and you mentioned how much being a leader uh, he has been for this team. What have you seen personally just covering the team outside of what he does on the basketball court that has really stood out uh, as his leadership skills? That's a great question. You know, 
I think about what Greg Popovich said about Kevin the other day, which was with Team USA, you know, after everybody went through their practice sessions, Kevin would grab one of the assistant coaches and go through his own workout routine for another hour, just hitting jump shots all over the floor. Mm. And that continues in Brooklyn. Like, he's still one of the last guys in the gym. Every time we go in to go watch the end of their practice, he's there getting shots up. When they come out at halftime, he's the first player on the court, right, shooting, just getting up shots. And it's just like, why? He's one of the best players ever. He can hit these shots in his sleep. I, I think it's just the approach to his craft on a day-to-day basis. You talk about leadership. You could talk about how he pulls guys aside on the court, how he's you know leading with his with how he plays. But you lead by example, right? And I think guys are responding to that. It's hard not to respond to that when you have one of the best players really ever putting in the work day by day. How can you not put in the work when a guy like Kevin, who's achieved as much as he has, continues to put in the work on a daily? So that's really where it all boils down to for him. And I think it, you mentioned it, right? Like, it has to do with the others, right? Yeah. We're all going to hear about Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, even Jacques Vaughn now with the yeah. coaching he's doing. But it's really been the others that's helped really pull this team together. Guys like Yuta Watanabe, who's been absolutely scorching it from downtown yeah. uh, this season. Talk to me about his development this year, especially guys who love those three-point props from him this year. Listen, I don't think... Everybody saw, I don't think anybody foresaw this type of season from Utah, right? Because mm-hmm. he, he signed on a non-guaranteed deal. He's kind of on the outside of the rotation when he just when he got there because you consider Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, uh, even TJ Warren who came back from injury and is playing well. But what Utah's been able to do is really just like knock down open threes and hustle and play hard, right? And sometimes it just boils down to that. Can you hit open shots? Can you play hard? Can you crash the glass? You know, everybody's just talking about his basketball IQ, that he's just a good basketball player, but, like, he fits perfectly in. And and when you look at the wings for right now for the Nets, you have Royce O'Neal, you got Joe Harris, TJ Warren. Yuta kind of slides in there perfectly as one of those guys that can just fill in where you need him, you know? And uh, he's been great. He's getting media coverage I wasn't expecting. He's getting, like, guys lining up outside of his locker every game. Like, literally every single game is a crowd around his locker. I'm like, what's going on? It's, it's Yuta o'clock. He's doing his thing. <laughs> so, uh, in addition to Yuta, another one of the others of the Brooklyn Nets that has really been stepping up is Nick Claxton, especially sure. defensively. Yeah. Um, he's been a, 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 I know if I followed you on Twitter, you said he's a dark horse defensive player of the year <laughs> yeah. candidate this year. Talk to me about Nick Claxton's development and just, you know, what he brings to this team that was sorely lacking for them last year, especially when it comes to uh, paint protection. You know, back when Steve Nash was head coach, um, I, you know, we would ask him what's been the difference in how Nick has played between last year and this year. And he said, you know, he had a more professional approach to his offseason, just in terms of putting in the work every day. And you can see that. He had a six-block game uh, in the first week or two of the season, and I thought that'd be an anomaly. Uh, and he's done it twice more, two more times since then. And, mm. and it's, it's this is a real thing. Like, he is a rim protector. He's a guy who can finish at the rim. Uh, he does so much for this team. The thing with him now is going to be, number one, free throws. Can mm. he can he get that free throw percentage? Number two, can he continue to bulk up? As we saw yesterday against the Bulls, when you got guys like Vooch, when you got teams that have that, like an Embiid, a Giannis, you need someone that's going to be able to, to hold down the fort. But he's a guy who's going to come over and get those weak side blocks. He's going to finish at the rim. We're even seeing him put the ball on the floor, Euro step, do all types of crazy stuff. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you see guys doing those summer workout videos and they're like, no, he's never going to do this. And now he's actually <laughs> grabbing rebounds and going coast to coast and finishing with Euros is kind of crazy. So um, if not defensive player of the year, definitely most improved. He b- belongs in both of those conversations. For That's sure. going to be a, a, a very hard-fought award to give away this year. Between MVP yeah. and most improved player, yeah. there's at least five or six legitimate candidates you can make for each one of those awards. You mentioned Steve Nash earlier when Steve Nash was the coach and Jacques Vaughn, who was the coach now, it's been a – Stark difference yeah. in uh, you know approach for both teams. Um, you've seen the team under Steve Nash. You're starting to see the team under Jacques Vaughn. 
Aside from the obvious, what has been the biggest difference between both coaches and their approach to the team? I don't want to start the new year off slanderous, Steve Nash. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is what happens when you have an experienced head coach versus someone who's not. I mean, it's unfortunate, but this this is the biggest elephant in the room. How are you going to hire someone who has no coaching experience whatsoever to coach a championship-level team? It just didn't work out. We knew it wasn't going to work out. Jacques Vaughn comes in, and Jacques Vaughn was 100 games below 500. I think it was 58 and 158 yeah. as head coach of the Orlando Magic comes to Brooklyn and just his level of experience being around, he's able to just turn things around. He's holding guys accountable in ways Steve Nash wasn't, unfortunately. And, and just little things, the timeout usage, right? When Covering Steve Nash, he just would take a Phil Jackson approach and let these plays just fall off the mm. wayside. And now you're calling a timeout. A team is going on a 10-0 run, and you lose that game. Jacques Vaughn, one possession goes wrong, he's calling a timeout right away. And then he's pulling off the iPad. He's showing everybody with, with what they went wrong. Um, it's just a different level of coaching, and you're seeing guys respond to it. You're seeing guys like Kyrie saying, I'm learning from Jacques. He's holding me accountable. Mm. When you have someone like Kyrie saying that after mm. he said not too long ago, do we even need a coach? You said it, not me. Coach of the, <laughs> coach of the year, man. I, I'm not saying coach of the year yet, but 12-1 and one in December, got these guys in shape. I, I like what he's doing. That viral moment that hit everybody's uh, social media this <laughs> week. Uh, I think the, the, the Nets were taking on the Raptors, mm. and Coach Vaughn had drew up a play for KD. Yeah. KD stops. And says, I think we should run this for Kyrie. Yeah. We know what happens. They run it for Kyrie, game, game winner. winner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if there's any microcosm of the turnaround in the Brooklyn Nets season, it was in that video clip right there. The yeah. trust that they have in Jacques Vaughn, the trust in KD to not just say, I need to take the last shot. It's a better look for this guy right here. And it turns out for a victory for that team, we got to talk about Kyrie Irving and the turnaround he's made yeah. since everything that's happened with him earlier in the season. What have you seen from Kyrie since he's come back from the suspension? Just a level of reminding people that he is still this superstar level player on the basketball court. You know, like, it's hard. It's easy to get caught up in the off-court stuff because mm. it's so crazy what he was going through. Uh, but what Jacques Vaughn has always said and what guys have said after is we want to just simplify this and make it about basketball. When you bring Kyrie back, he's a guy that could, A, hit big shots, as we've seen. He's a guy that, B, I mean, we've seen him boop put back dunks we've seen him crash the boys he had an put 11. back dunks yeah he had a, <laughs> it was crazy things we're not expecting Bugging. from this from this guy yeah um and, and really it's a level of leadership as well we're seeing him take the younger guys under and the way he leads is by hustling on the floor and that's something that i've watched from he'll go out and dive for a loose ball just so that everybody else is like okay if Kyrie's diving on the floor i've got to dive on the floor you know and little things like that are, are what's changed i know you look at the schedule you look at the the record 12 and 1 winning 16 out of 17 blowing teams out even that win with uh against indiana where the nets rested all of their rotation players but it's those little things crashing the glass diving for loose balls playing hard things that they weren't doing under steve nash that they're now doing under jacques vaughn and Kyrie's at the center of that as well. I think that's a big thing when you have a team with so much high wattage players like the Brooklyn Nets does, right? Yeah. Like when you have your players doing the dirty work, hustling, diving on loose ball, diving for loose balls, diving on the floor, it permeates. It goes around the entire team, and not everybody's doing the dirty work. And I think one of the people who have benefited the most from doing the dirty work has been Ben Simmons sure. because I think he's one of those guys, and I said this on the first show uh, earlier this week, he can play a Draymond Green-like role for this team yeah. where he can be a facilitator, he can defend, he can rebound, he can do all the dirty work so we can let KD and Kyrie do what they are better than better at than anybody in the world yeah which is get buckets talk to me about ben simmons role on this team and how he's really starting to help gel this incredible collection of players well ben simmons role is kind of evolving because his his conditioning his physical shape is right when we first came into the season 
I don't think he could run faster than like seven miles an hour on a treadmill because mm-hmm. of his back procedure in the offseason. Now we're seeing him full sprint. Now we're seeing him try to do putback dunks, try to dunk on people, hitting Euro steps. He's doing running hook shots after going between the legs, escape dribbles, <laughs> things we've never seen him do before. Um, so, yeah, the Draymond comparison is there, but also he's more athletic than Draymond oh, yeah. ever could imagine oh, yeah. being, right? So, <laughs> no shade to Draymond. Yeah, no, we love that. Draymond. We love Draymond. <laughs> but, like, Ben Simmons is, is – but but there's also different things, right? Because Draymond probably has that level of toughness that maybe you wouldn't say Ben has, or however you want to slice it. Um, Ben's role in this team is evolving because his position is also changing. He's point guard some possessions, center some possessions. You know, it's and it kind of makes the Nets unpredictable in a bunch of ways. Uh, it's a great fit. I think a lot of people were, were concerned when you trade James Harden. Okay, who's going to be the the plate setter for these guys? Who's going to take over that facilitating role? Ben has been able to do that, and on top of that. The defense. I mean, being able to guard Giannis, being able to guard DeMar DeRozan last night. DeMar got most of his buckets when Ben wasn't guarding him. They had to, right? And as he gets healthier, we're going to see that matchup, him guarding Tatum, him guarding those types of guys. Um, But at the end of the day, I think we know that the scoring is going to come down to Kevin and Kai, right? And Ben kind of slots in perfectly, getting those other guys involved. He plays a lot of minutes with Seth Curry, who plays better when Ben is on the floor. Mm. All the shooters play better when Ben's on the floor because he's going to grab a rebound, push the ball, and then get to the rim and dart a pass out. It's a great fit. I'm I'm loving him in Brooklyn so far. We looked up uh, a couple of months earlier, and the Nets were not in the playoff race. We look up at them now. They're a game behind first place of the Boston Celtics. Crazy. We know Kyrie. We know KD. We know Ben Simmons. We talked about Utah. We talked about Nick Claxton. Is there a player that you see on that team that could make a difference this time come in, in, in that playoff run? What's one player on the Brooklyn Nets that we're not talking about that's going to make a difference for this team? Well, the guy that could have made a difference last night, Royce O'Neal, shot mm. 0-9 from the field, 0-8 from downtown. Uncharacteristic, though, because every time he's wide open, you're thinking he's going to make shots. That's a guy that the Nets are drawing up plays to get open, uh, solely because teams are going to double Kevin, right? They're going to double Kyrie, and you've got to swing, swing, hit that open shot. Royce has been reliable at knocking down those shots back in Utah even now. Um, and he's great defensively, underrated playmaker as well. That's a guy that I look at as, you know, okay – He's a guy who's going to be around in crunch time. He's got. He's just got to be able to knock down those shots. I mean, everybody has a bad night, yeah. right? Last night, you had Joe Harris couldn't hit. Yuda was missing shots. It was just one of those nights. Usually, Royce is a guy who the Nets have been able to rely on. He's even, I don't know if you see when Kevin and Kyrie do their little signature handshake where they hit the, fingers. <laughs> and what, yeah, they, they <laughs> do that with that Royce now as well. <laughs> so that, that shows you the level of trust that they have in him. Nice. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that, they, that comes up big for them in the playoffs for sure. You know, uh, it's one of the most incredible MVP races I could remember in a long time. Right now, according to points bet, Kevin Durant has the fifth best odds to win MVP behind Luka, Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, and I'm probably forgetting one more person. Giannis. Uh, Giannis. Sorry about that. Giannis. (laughs) Um, If Kevin Durant continues on this pace, uh, shooting over 55%, scoring over 30 points per game, he will join Carmelo, Adrian Dantley, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only players to ever average 30 over 55% shooting. That's crazy. Chris, in your opinion, what does Kevin Durant have to do to be heavily considered as the NBA's most viable player? That's tough. Uh, maybe if the Nets don't lose again, right? <laughs> That'd be a great place to start. Another 12-game win streak yeah, might help, another 12-game win right? streak might do it. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this season, he's going to end up top 10 all-time NBA in scoring, right? Mm-hmm. If, if he continues this pace, uh, Carmelo's number nine. The only way he passes Carmelo is if he averages something like 37 points per game for the rest of the season. I don't think that's going to happen. That would probably help him win MVP, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
I think it's tough now because you're looking at other guys who have to do more with less, right? Jokic, for example, is basically that entire team's engine. You take Jokic away from that team, I don't know what Denver is doing. Giannis, for example, you take Giannis away from the Bucks, they're probably fighting for a playing seed. No disrespect to Milwaukee. Uh, Luka, I mean, you take Luka off that Mavericks, you could relegate them to the G League, right, and bring up somebody else. There's just so many teams that are so overly reliant on those MVP stars. Um, I don't think that diminishes what Kevin Durant is doing this season at all. We're talking about one of the most efficient players ever to average over 30. Um, I just think it's tough. I think at the end of the day, his MVP odds are going to be based on how good the Brooklyn Nets are on paper. Uh, if they end up being the number one seed, I think you have to consider the number one seed the best player on that team for MVP. But the, how Jokic and Luka and those guys are playing right now, it's it's great. I mean, the level of talent we have in the league right now is out of control. I mean, this week alone, we've had like seven or eight like MVPs. We had Donovan Mitchell games. go for 71. I'm 70 like, yeah. point <laughs> games, 60 point triple double, 30, 20, 10 oh for my goodness. It's been unbelievable this year, but. Oh, that's what Kevin could do. He could go for 100. Go for 100. If he goes for 100, then do he'll you be think, MVP. So here's, here's another question. I, I think. I think this might be the year that somebody gets close to Kobe. Ooh. I think this is the year. I think that the pace of the game, yeah. the possessions, how efficient people are scoring. We've seen Donovan Mitchell do it, and no disrespect for Donovan Mitchell. He's an absolute phenomenal player. Yeah, There are players out there that are more efficient scorers than him. So do you think there's somebody on that Brooklyn Nets team? I think, I think Kyrie has a chance. Yeah. I think KD has a chance. Yeah. Who in the entire? But let's open it up to the entire league. Who in the NBA, in your opinion, can possibly top the seventy-one point game we saw from Donovan Mitchell? I asked Kevin. Um, I wanted. I think it was the first year that he was healthy in Brooklyn. I asked him, you know, what would it look like if you averaged thirty-five field goal attempts a game, right? And he goes, number one, that I would be tired. But like, <laughs> if you think about it, how like if Kevin took thirty shots a game, what what does that look like? He probably averaged something like sixty points. Mm. Um, I, I think Kevin could do it on a night where maybe Kyrie's not playing and the Nets are just leaning heavily on him. But if we look around the league, I mean. We had Booker come close. We had Donovan Mitchell. Shea's playing crazy. It, it might end up being Luka. I mean, he's got the greenest of green lights to take whatever shot he wants. I mean, it's he's a neon light, bro. He, he's doing this. <laughs> you know, he's gonna go to that left wing and shoot that step back, and there's nothing you could do about it. Um, I don't know if I had to put a bet on somebody to do it though. I don't know. That's tough. I think I go Luka. I think Luka's probably. I think he's just got the, the he's green got the most light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't have to pass if he doesn't want to. <laughs> right, right, right. Man, Christian, you know you're my first in-studio guest, all right? It's a, man, that's what we need to have some Jets stuff in here. Bro. That's what they went wrong. <laughs> but who, whose Jets jersey will we even put in here, man? I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. All right, Maybe perfect. sauce. Once we find out who our quarterback next year, we're going to have a, a, there find it a is. nice spot for whoever, whether it's a Derek Carr, whether it's a I'll Garoppolo. take Derek Carr. Whether it's Lamar Jackson, maybe, as long maybe, as it's not maybe. Zach Wilson, hey, I think hey, we can agree on that. We don't. Tough on my guy Zach, nah, bro. It's, nah, he's I, go. I wanted it for the Mormon boy. I wanted it for him so bad, <laughs> nah, man. But. He didn't want it himself, oh, man. man. Especially, especially the beginning of the year, we heard oh, all the stories. Man. I'm like, yeah, that's my quarterback. Yeah, he's a motherfucker. Oh, shout out <laughs> Mike White, man. Once he once he got hurt, our season went down, man. Shout oh, out Mike White, man. Shout out Mike White. But my man Christian Woodfield, senior NBA man. reporter for the Daily News, Brooklyn Nets beat writer. Thank you so much for kicking. It with us on Count It, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, bro. man, honor and a pleasure, brother. Oh Thank God. you. Oh, oh, oh look at go. the wrist. You see the wrist is heavy. Now, bro. The wrist is heavy. You see it? <laughs> chill, chill, oh, chill. Oh, it's getting chill, that chill, good chill, Brooklyn chill. Nets money. Nah, hey, man. nah, it's that. That's that NFT money. R.I.P. And oh, nah. Let me not say that too loud. <laughs> Yo, yeah. after this, we got more counted after this break, y'all. Y'all take it easy. Oh man, what a time.
Welcome back to CalNet. Let's take a look at tonight's slate of NBA action and some action that you might want to get in on on the points bet app tonight. First on the marquee, big matchup between the Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks. Well, let's look at these, this lineup right here. The Celtics coming off of a pretty strong loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gilders Alexander heading up against a red-hot Mavericks team in Dallas. Uh, the Boston Celtics, who are the number one team in the Eastern Conference, looking to get some get-back tonight. Uh, what I like about this game is that the Mavericks don't rebound very well, and they shoot the ball a lot. So I feel like when the team doesn't rebound well and they shoot the ball a lot, that means lots of rebounds, lots of long rebounds, lots of fast breaks. I like Jalen Brown rebounds right here, six and a half over lots of long misses lots of long breaks lots of opportunities the Celtics are going to come out hungry they're a team that are built on defensive and rebounding even though their team is built with two incredible all-star talents they are well coached and deep especially if the time lord is back there as well feels like if if he's not getting those boards Jalen Brown's going to be getting a lot of those I like that number I'm taking six and a half rebounds for Jalen Brown tonight over on the other slide of the country, the Los Angeles Clippers heading to the Mile High City, taking on the Denver Nuggets. I said the other side of the country, like Denver's so far from Dallas. That is how I know I failed geography. But in any case, I like Denver at home. I always like Denver at home, especially when you're playing in that high altitude. But boy, do I like Nikola Jokic's matchup against Zubak in the LA Clippers. I think it's going to be a of Nikola Jokic masterclass tonight. I'm talking points, rebounds, and assists. It feels like everybody in the league has been putting up all world stats if you're in the MVP conversation. And if you look on the points bet app right now, Nikola Jokic has the third best odds to win MVP. So why shouldn't he join in on the fun and put together a masterful uh, stat line tonight. So I would take points, rebounds, and assists for Nikola Jokic tonight taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Grizzlies and Magic. Sneaky good matchup right now between the Grizzlies and the Magic. The Magic will be at home, or the Memphis Grizzlies will be taking their talent to Disney World, to the world's most famous I was almost going to call World's Most Famous Arena, but the, the place where anybody can be a kid? No, that's Toys R Us. Anyway, you know what that means. Orlando Magic taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Magic are a young, energetic, fun team. They're actually kind of a mirror image of the Memphis Grizzlies from years ago. So it looks like they are getting six and a half points as road favorites. I think it's going to be a little bit closer to that. I think the Orlando Magic are going to give the Memphis Grizzlies a little bit of a run for their money. Why? because they rebound very well, and the Memphis Grizzlies don't shoot the ball very well. So I'm thinking you're getting one shot and a rebound and one possession. The best way to beat the Memphis Grizzlies is keeping them to one possession. So I do take the Grizzlies to win it, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than anticipated. So I'm taking the under for the Grizzlies tonight. And last but not least, the Utah Jazz taking on the Houston Rockets, coming on strong as a shooter, has been Jabari Smith Jr. One of the biggest assets that he had coming out of college was his ability to stretch the ball, I mean, stretch the floor as a space shooter. And uh, one and a half threes against Utah, a team that gives up a lot of threes, especially to big men. Just saw Julius Randle get a lot of buckets on, on the Utah Jazz as a big man. Laurie 
marketing, playing a great season, having a great uh, uh, early part of his NBA season against the as a Utah Jazz member. Uh, but Jabari Smith has been really coming on as a shooter, so I'm going to take the over. I think he's going to get you at least two threes tonight. He's going to get his opportunities to get those up because the Houston Rockets love to shoot, and they don't do much else better than that. So I'm taking Jabari Smith, taking the threes. It's going to be a fun matchup between uh, two teams that uh, probably a lot of people didn't expect much out of, uh, and one of those teams had been a little bit of a surprise with the Utah Jazz. Uh, man, best prop of the night to me, I want to say, I said it earlier, this Mavericks-Celtics game, the Mavericks do not rebound well. They don't defend well either. We had Ariel early on the show saying, don't bet star players. But I'm going against that advice right now because Jason Tatum needs to get his MVP case going. And what better way to get that MVP case going than against Luka Doncic, especially after a tough loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, probably their worst loss of the season. You know the Boston Celtics are going to come out hot, ready in an in a, in a impressive Dallas Mavericks home crowd advantage. It's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait to see it. But it feels like every single night an MVP candidate is putting up a hell of a stat line. I think Nikola Jokic, I think Jason Tatum joined him as somebody who I think is going to put on for tonight. So take those points, rebounds, and assists for Jason Tatum tonight and hit that over because he's going to need it to be able to stop this mini losing streak that the Boston Celtics are on against a red-hot Dallas Mavericks team at home with Luka Doncic, who's been absolutely on Mars this entire NBA season. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Count It. Thank you so much for tuning in with me right here on Points Bet. My name is Kazim Famiwide. I want to thank my guest, Christian Whitfield, Ariel Epstein as well, and everybody who's in. Did I say it right? Did I say it right, Ariel? Did I say it right? Epstein. I will get it right today, damn it. Ariel Epstein. <laughs> you know why? I blame the Knicks, right? I, I watch a lot of Isaiah Hartenstein, and I'm so used to saying I'm, I'm Cauley Stein. I've been so used to saying it. It's Steen. Ariel Epstein. I should know. My last name gets butchered on a regular basis. But she'll be here kicking it with us, giving us her prop bets uh, uh, on Monday as well. But thank you so much for kicking with us right here on Count It. My name is Kazim Famiwide. You can follow me on all social media platforms, at Kazim on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Kazim Famiwide. Follow my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kazim. You know what it is. It's Count It. It's points bet, and we will see you next time. Happy betting, people. We'll catch y'all tomorrow.